Years ago, I started doing a talk, and really the talk came out of a series I did on Joseph, because Joseph, in the Bible, his name means plus. And so I began to talk about plus people and minus people, and I gave that talk in a lot of churches, and as time went on, I began to give that talk for corporations about people who are walking plus signs and walking minus signs. And what I meant by that in simple terms is there are people, and you know them, that whenever you see them coming, you you sort of see them as a walking plus sign. They are givers. They are bringers. They are people who add to the team, add to the emotional climate, they add to your life. And then there are people who are walking minus signs, and you hate to see them coming because whenever they get in your sphere, you're going to feel like your emotional pocket has been picked. So as I said, I gave that talk in in churches and then in corporations and did it for one particular corporation. Sometime later, I was having lunch with their CEO, and he said that particular expression has actually gotten into the corporate culture of our, of, of, our, of our business. And he said, I, he was just talking, back before he met me for lunch, he was just talking to one of the vice presidents who was talking about a particular lady at the top echelon of the team, and he called her a walking plus sign. But as I've expanded that concept, what I've come to realize is that there are specific ways in which people are walking plus signs and walking minus signs. And I want to talk about one of those today. I want to talk about plus talkers and minus talkers. Because just as there are people who bring in nonverbal ways, there are also people who bring in verbal ways. And just as there are people who take away in nonverbal ways, there are people who take away in in the way that they talk. So we're going to do that today. And And as we close out this series, this is definitely not a sermon. I'm not even sure you could call it a message. What we're actually going to look at is a couple of lists. But I do believe the time we're going to spend today is going to be very helpful because we're going to be talking about how to be a plus talker. Now, the moment I say that, the fact that you're at New Spring indicates to me that you probably are plus talkers. And so I know that we probably don't have any minus talkers here, but here's the thing that I want to get across to us. <clears throat> Even those of us who are plus talkers, from time to time, we can say things that are negative, hurtful, cutting, and things that, that rob people emotionally. Um, and... God forbid, if you are a negative person, it could be that even though you say things oftentimes that are negative from time to time, you say something that is helpful. But I want us to just focus on the words of Jesus because our series is called King of Talk. And recognizing that Jesus is king of everything, he, if he is king of everything, then he is king of talk. And I want to begin with the words of Jesus because Jesus is going to tell us something that goes counter to what almost all of us think. And and that's why we need to start here, because if we don't start here, um, those of us who say negative words from time to time will have uh, a wired-in excuse. But Jesus is about to blow our excuse out of the water. And let me explain what I mean by that. Those of us who are plus talkers on on the whole, from time to time we find ourselves saying things that are angry or hurtful or cutting. And so when we're called to account for having said that or having written it or posted it, we will respond something like this. Well, I said this because she said that. I wrote this because he wrote that. I I said this because this person made me mad. And so because of that, we feel like we have a legitimate reason to respond in a negative fashion. We're responding. See, that's the thing. We can, we, can, we can always defend ourselves and say, I really am a positive person who wants to say positive things, but the reason I didn't say a positive thing is because there was some stimulus that, that forced me to say something negative. Now, I just need to let you know Jesus about, is about to just show us that that is so totally bogus that we will never be able to give that reasoning again. 
And you could say, well, Mark, I wish I hadn't come to church now. So, but this will help us. Okay, this is what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 12, verse 34. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So what she said doesn't determine what you said. What's in your heart determines what you said. What, what that person did doesn't determine what you posted. What's in your heart is Jesus, not Mark, Jesus. In fact, Jesus is saying it to Mark. Now let's read on because Jesus extrapolates this. A good person produces good things from the treasury. Interesting Greek word. The Greek word is thesaurus. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. An evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. Well, we know that the context is how we talk. So Jesus is saying, look, there are deposits that are made into the treasury of your personhood. And if those deposits are ugly and you get this treasury of ugly, when you talk, what you say is going to come out of that treasury of ugly. Jesus said, on the other hand, if you have a treasury of good, then what's going to come out of you is going to be good. Now, Lord knows I don't want to be a legalist, and I don't want to get into legalistic stuff, but I think we need to talk about something right now. You and I need to explore what's getting deposited in our hearts. You know, when I, you know, if, if you watch entertainment today, I mean, so much of what we see in entertainment is trash. And here's what we say. We say things like this. Well, I know there are like 600 F-bombs in this movie, but, you know, I can sort of like navigate through that. Well, let me ask you a question. When you get your lunch today, do you want to get it out of the trash can? I mean, there's some good stuff in the trash can, I'm sure. But do you want to go through the trash to get your lunch? See, that's the thing. So many of us are going through trash in order to deposit stuff into our hearts. And, 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 and here's the deal. It, we need to think about what we're, what we're taking in in entertainment. If you listen to negative things, and, and here's the thing, I'm not, not trying to make a social commentary here today, but Lord knows you come to hear the truth. We live in an age where there's a bonus placed on entertainers, on cable news or afternoon talk radio. There's a bonus of radio. There's a bonus placed on being out there. And the more antagonistic and the more outrageous some, uh, what someone is saying, the more listeners they get. But here's the deal. You and I can listen to that stuff, and maybe the positions are correct, but if it's done in a way that is hateful, outrageous, or unkind, we need to understand that there's a deposits that are being made into our personhood. And Jesus is like straightening us out that we're not saying what we're saying because someone stimulated us to say it. We're saying what we're saying because it's coming out of the treasury. No wonder the Bible says in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, if anything is good, if anything is beautiful, if anything is honest, if anything is meaningful, think on these things. So all I'm saying is let's take a few moments. And again, I don't want to be legalistic because I've been in churches that have been like that. And that's the last thing. I'm just trying to be practical with you from a spiritual standpoint and saying we need to consider what is being invested in our treasury because Jesus said whatever comes out of our mouth, is in response to the treasury that's in our hearts. With that in mind, I want you to think about the fact that Jesus is sort of leading us to realize that what we say, there are a couple of metaphors that we need to see. One is in relationship to us evaluating ourselves by what we say. See, here's the thing. What you say, if you want to know about yourself, what you say is like a mirror 
as to what's in your heart. Think about that. If you want to know who you are as a person, all you have to do is think about what you say. If you say things that are comforting and encouraging and blessing and strengthening, if you say the kinds of things that build people up and give them inspiration, well, you just got to look at what's in your heart. Isn't that cool? That's a mirror. You can hold it up. If you're the kind of person that likes to express affirmation, I'm not talking about kissing up to people and telling them stuff that isn't true and flattery. Lord knows I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying if the kinds of things you say are helpful to people, then you just got to look at your heart. There's a lot of Jesus in you. It's a mirror. If, unfortunately, there are things that are harmful and negative and you're dropping the F-bomb with your kids... You just got to look at what's in your heart. You say, no, but my kid, no, remember, we, we blew that out of the water. It's not what your kids are doing that are causing you to respond. It's the treasury of the heart. So for us, if we want to know what's going on in our lives, what we say acts as a mirror. But now here's the scary one. If you, if you want to think about how others can hear you talk, your words become like a window. See, here's the thing. When I talk, I open up the window to show others what is in my heart. So if I'm hurtful, if I'm hateful, if I'm cutting, if I put people down, I just opened up my heart to show people that Mark is a mess. Because Jesus said what we say comes out of the treasury of our heart. A person who is good speaks out of a good treasury, and a person who is not good speaks out of a treasury that is not good. So here's the thing. With that introduction out of the way, I think all of us want to be plus talkers. I mean, we want to be a plus talker so that we can hold a mirror up to ourselves and the words that come out of our mouth say to us, yes, indeed, we're getting confirmation that there's beautiful things inside of us. But before I do that, I want to just make a list of minus talkers. And not every minus talker has all of these but these are just things that are minus talk. So ready today, like I said, this is not a sermon. This is a workshop. Um, here we're, gonna, we're just going to, and here's the thing. The Bible tells us that Jesus was full of wisdom. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Most of these verses are going to come out of Proverbs. So minus talkers. Um, talking too much is minus talk. Um, in Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, the Bible says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. Proverbs 17, 27, a truly wise person uses few words. A person with understanding is even-tempered. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. With their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. Boy, our culture could use that. How would you like to just take that verse to Washington, D.C.? <laughs> Proverbs 13, 3, those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything. And boy, we can all give witness to that, can't we? Why is it a problem to talk too much? Let me see if I can help us unpack that. Speech is a gift. When God made you, God gave you the capability for speech. And, and the reason why speech is so important is speech allows us to express our feelings. When we talk, we say how we feel, what we think, what's important to us what our opinion is. So it's great. We're given that ability to communicate with each other to express feelings. But therein lies the problem. Let me see if I can set this up. I don't counsel anymore, but years ago when we were a smaller church, we would counsel. And I would have people come in to, to tell me, 
that they were saying things that were causing others to complain about the way they talked. And here's what they would give as a defense. Well, I'm just honest. If I feel something, I say it. You know, whatever I feel, that's just how I am. I'm a straight shooter. If I feel something, I say it. I'm just honest. No, you're just foolish. If you just say whatever you're feeling, that's a very foolish thing to do. Let me show you three reasons why. Number one, our feelings can be skewed by other emotions. See, the thing of it is, if our feelings are being skewed by guilt or hurt or fear or pain, how many of you have heard, how many of you know that when pain talks, pain sounds ugly? I heard what someone said in a distant state this week. And it was one of the ugliest things I've ever heard in my life, and yet I know this person. And this person is just going through immense pain right now. See, oftentimes our feelings are, are skewed, and so consequently, we don't need to talk right then. We don't need to express our feelings because the feelings that we're expressing aren't our real feelings. They're being distorted by guilt or fear or hurt or grief or whatever. And so when, if we talk in those moments, we can express feelings that we don't have. Here's the second thing. Feelings can change, especially in regard to anger. Has, let me ask you if any of you have had this experience. I've had this several times because I'm a top AAA personality. Someone can do something, and I can respond and get really, really angry about it, and I'm trying to find that person. I want to find them because I need to tell them how angry I am. There's something not real good right here, and it's come, about to come out. And I can't find them. You ever have that experience? You're like, you look for them, and you, you can't get a hold of them, can't find them. And then by the time you actually do find them, you've calmed down. And you think, you know what, it's not worth talking about. You ever have that feeling? I mean, have that experience? I have lots of times. What does that tell me? First of all, it tells me I didn't need to talk to them when I thought I needed to talk to them. Because what I thought I felt, I didn't really feel. Time dialed my feelings in to what they really were. There's a third thing, and it's similar. I know these are all, these are like, like a paint chip. These are like three shades of the same thing, but sometimes our feelings are, sometimes our feelings are skewed by incomplete knowledge. How many of you have heard a story and you think, wow, I need to speak into that, especially if you're married or in a relationship? And, but the problem is when you start hearing all the facts, you think, oh, okay, now I sort of get it. And the response that I was going to give, I'm not going to give anymore because a complete understanding of the facts has changed everything. So all I'm saying, that's one of the problems with talking too much is oftentimes we express feelings, but they're not legitimate feelings. They're not accurate feelings. They're not dialed-in feelings. So I think, I think that's what the Bible is trying to show us here, is that minus talkers talk too much, and they find themselves having to backtrack, have to, having to walk things back. And I think this is one of the problems with our instant media. Uh, does Twitter come to mind? Where people can just say things or write things before they think them through. This is the Bible is trying to get us to be careful not to talk too much. Okay, number two. You knew this one was coming. Minus talkers hurt people. In Proverbs chapter 12, verse 18, the Bible says, some people make cutting remarks. In Proverbs 14, 21, it is a sin to belittle, to be little. Do you know anybody who's a... We used to call this person a cut-down or a put-down artist. Maybe you work with somebody like that. They just like to put everybody down. 
You know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, they just have an insult for everybody. They have a cutting remark for everybody. I mean, they have a sarcastic remark for everybody. Maybe you're in a relationship with somebody like that, God forbid. Maybe you have parents who do that. Now, I want, I want, to, I want you to please to work with me. Think about the, the verb that the Bible uses, to be little People who cut others down are actually shrinking or are attempting to shrink that person. Why do people want to shrink you? Because they feel small. Insecure people want to shrink people. See, the thing of it is, big people don't need to shrink people. Big people, <laughs> I remember when I was going through college, I was very blessed. I worked for two national corporations. One was based in Atlanta, one was based in New York. And in both cases, thankfully, God had blessed my work, and they wanted to talk me out of going into ministry and talk me into working for them a long time. And they would say, you know what, if we want to give you this promotion, I mean, one, one of them raised my pay by like 80% in one week. And it was like, that was their way of putting a carrot out in front of me saying, you know what, if you'll just stay with us and do this job and take this promotion, in three years you'll be in New York. And in three years or four or five years you'll be in Atlanta. See, the thing of it is, they didn't want to shrink me. They wanted to develop me. They were big. They didn't, they didn't need to shrink anybody. So small people shrink. If I'm talking to a woman today and your husband is always putting you down, what you need to understand about your husband is he feels small. You say, Mark, my husband doesn't feel small. He thinks he's big stuff. No, he doesn't. He th he's small. He thinks he's small. So consequently, he's got to cut you down. He's got to shrink you in order to feel like he is a big person. If your wife is always cutting you down, you have to understand she's got insecurity issues. So that's the thing the Bible is teaching us, you know, Talk sometimes. People hurt people. They shrink people in order to make themselves feel better about themselves. And then the third thing that minus talkers do sometimes is they tear down people to others. We call this gossip. Do you know anybody who gossips? I mean, isn't it interesting? I know you guys don't do this, but isn't it interesting how that gossips are good at hearing gossip? That's the one thing I never can understand. Because nobody ever brings gossip to me. I don't want it. I've had people tell me this. Honestly, I've had people tell me this. I don't know why, but people just bring stuff to me. I can tell you why. People just bring stuff for you for the same reason people throw trash in a trash can. Because that's where the trash gets dumped. And so consequently, if people are just bringing the gossip to you, you must look like a trash can to them. When I was in college, one of my professors taught me a great formula, and I think about it almost every day. He said, great minds think about ideas, average minds think about things, weak minds think about or talk about people. Hey, if you're an idea person, what you will discover is that people just don't bring the gossip to you. You're just functioning at a level that they look at and understand she's just not going to be interested. But that's the first thing I notice about gossips is that they're good at hearing it. Now, here's the thing about the Bible. The Bible is very blunt. In Proverbs chapter 17, verse 4, the Bible says, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Now, the Proverbs work like an algebraic formula. You can work it forward or backward. Okay, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. Now, you can flip that and say, who are the people who listen to gossip? Wrongdoers. Read the second phrase, or second clause. Liars pay, pay, pay close attention to slander. 
Who are the people who engage in listening to gossip? Liars. The Bible's so clear about that. Now, here's, here's the thing. In Proverbs chapter 11, the Bible tells us this. Upright citizens are good for a city and make it prosper, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart. One of the things that gave rise to this series is we're looking at our nation today, and we're just deeply concerned about the fact that the way that people talk to each other, the way sometimes even our our leaders talk, is just tearing us apart. And look at what the Bible says. It says upright citizens are good for the city, good for the state, good for the nation, but the talk of the wicked tears it apart. A gossip goes around telling secrets, but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. I don't like bad news. I don't like to hear bad news. I don't like to think about bad news. And I don't like to say bad news. I'm all about good news. You know, the gospel means good news, doesn't it? My whole life is wrapped up in giving good news. I want to hear good news. I want to think about good news. I want to tell good news. I hate gossip. Listen, if somebody else, you know... You talk, well, you know, somebody's having an affair with somebody. Well, my heart breaks because that means a couple of families are probably in trouble. That means a couple of people are doing things right now. They're going to blow their lives up. I don't get any entertainment out of sharing that. It breaks my heart. If somebody's failing at work, I don't, that doesn't give me any pleasure. I don't want to talk to anybody else about it. I'd like to reach out to that person. How can I help you do better? I don't want to see you lose your job. Why is it that people enjoy telling bad news? It's because... They are minus talkers. Something's wrong in here. Okay, i got to race through this. Number four, talkers can be a bad influence. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9, with the words, the godless destroy their friends. This is a great time for us to check our friends because those people that inspire us to do good things are plus talkers. Those people who try to talk us into doing harmful things are minus talkers. Number five, talkers can sometimes be whining. Need to let you know a man is writing this, ladies. A woman could have just as easily written this. And so you may have to adjust the genders on this one, okay? In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 15, Solomon writes, A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. Stopping her complaints is like trying to stop the wind. And for those of us who've lived in Kansas last week, we don't need the Hebrew on that. And then later on, he must, have, he must have been trying to write, and his wife must have been complaining about something, because he said, it's better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. This man lived in a palace. So must have, she just must have been whining, and Solomon's like, you know what, I'd rather live in the corner on the rooftop than to be listening to her. And then 10 verses later, he adjusted that, and he said, it's better to live alone in the desert than with a quarrelsome, <laughs> complaining wife. And every woman here said, whiny men aren't any fun either. So I don't, don't you just, I don't know about you, but of all the minus talkers, I think this is right up there. I don't like whiny people. Do you? I mean, you see how their face, I mean, you see it on their face. They just bring the whiny stuff. Number six, minus talkers are sometimes argumentative. In Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1, the Bible says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stir up anger. And this is a huge verse. Proverbs 18, 19, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments, this is a great line. Arguments separate friends like a gate locked with bars. In our instant communication, it breaks my heart to see friendships fall apart over things that are said quickly and hurtful things. 
We live in a culture today that believes that an apology will fix anything. Like I said in the first talk of the message, an apology won't unsay something. And I want us to hear this. The Bible says that a lost friend is like a gate that is locked with bars. When you and I are, and see, here's the thing. Forgive me for breaking a sentence. You say, well, Mark, this is about friends. Well, therein lies the biggest challenge. Because, see, when you're around someone and that person is a big part of your life, you're going to be dealing with all kinds of emotional and functional stuff that's going to give rise to possibilities for conflict. In the Internet age, I've had so many people tell me, you know, Mark, I just reconnected with this guy I went to high school with. I haven't seen him in 35 years, and, man, it was so cool. When we met, we just picked right up where we left off. It's like we were still in high school. Yeah, because for the last 35 years, you haven't been around each other to annoy each other. See, that's not hard. That, that, that's not surprising. What would be surprising is if you work with somebody every day for 35 years or if you're married to somebody every day for 35 years and you're still friends. That is amazing. See? But here's the question, because the closer that you are to someone, the more, the more you're engaged with that person, the higher probability, the higher likelihood there is for conflict. I don't want to be an argumentative person. One of the questions that I ask myself when I'm agitated, and I have a low threshold of being agitated, I want to ask myself, is resolving my agitation worth my friendship? Is, is, is winning this argument worth Mary Alice's feelings? So scripture is teaching us that minus talkers are argumentative. And then real quickly, I've got to fly through this, lies. In Proverbs 12, 22, the Bible says, The Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in those who tell the truth. Now, let's go to plus talkers for just a few moments, because I think you've already kind of guessed what plus talkers are from looking at the uh, counterpoint to minus talkers. But let's just read, read some verses. But before we get into the list of plus talkers, I want to give you the most important verse this whole of this whole series. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, the Bible says, do not use harmful words, but, this is the most important word of the series, only, only helpful words, the kind that build up and provide what is needed so that you, what you say will do good to those who hear you. Now, let's just make sure we heard that. The Bible says, do not use toxic words, only words that help. In the message, it says, say only what helps each word a gift. I was thinking about that at breakfast this morning because I preached this twice last night. I knew I'd preach it twice again today. I was watching Mary Alice cook breakfast for both of us, and I thought, wow, that's, a, that's an exciting challenge. Every word a gift. You say, Mark, that's not possible. Okay, that's the reason why the first thing on the plus talkers list is this. Ask God for help. How many of us have prayed and asked God, Lord, help me say the right things? In Psalm 141, verse 3, the Bible says, Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, keep watch over the door of my lips. So that would be a good thing for all of us to do. Just like you were like downloading the app a few moments ago together, it would be a great thing for all of us just right now as we listen to this message to say, God, help me. Help me make every word a gift. It's not easy in our world today. Help me make every word a gift. Real quick, number two. 
plus talkers think carefully. In Proverbs 17, 27, the Bible says a wise person uses few words. Proverbs 15, 28, the heart of the godly thinks carefully before speaking. Outside of my personal family, my immediate family, the closest friend I have in this world is our executive pastor, Billy Poor. Billy is quiet, but more than you realize, so many things on our campus go back to his genius. He's one of the five most brilliant people I've ever met in my life. He left the business world to come be my executive pastor years ago. But for the last almost 30 years, Billy and I have talked every day, and I brought, you know, I'm, I'm always bringing crazy ideas, and Billy's always figuring out how to bring them to life. But as many thousands of times as we've talked, the same thing happens every time we talk. I'll come into his office, or he'll come into mine, and I'll lay out some big concern, some bold objective that I've got, and I'll look at him because his advice is always so good. I'll say, what do you think? Every time, there's going to be a pause. Sometimes, Billy will pause up to a minute. I've seen him just sit there. I can see the look on my face right now. He'll just sit there and think, and then he'll give me advice that is solid gold. You know, I want to be more like him. For all of you who know Billy Poor, you know how much wisdom he has. And Scripture tells us that's what wise people do. They think carefully before speaking. Number three and four are very close together, so I'm going to give them to you real quickly since we're out of time. Plus talkers inspire. The Bible says the tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. Hey, do you have a friend that when you get with her, she just makes you want to be a better person? I, I have a few friends like that. They make me want to read more. They make me want to risk more. They make me want to give more. They make me want to love more. They make, me, they make me want to see more of the world than I see. And I'm not talking about the geography. I'm talking about the people. I mean, there are just people in my life that they just make Mark want to be a better Mark. And that's what Scripture is talking about. And then this next one is so close to that. Plus talkers encourage. The words of the godly encourage many, Proverbs 10, 21. Proverbs 12, 25, and 26, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers people up. You know, we say the words encouraging and discouraging so fast, I think sometimes we don't really know what they mean. Let's, let's, let's talk about that. Because plus talkers encourage. Think about that word, encourage. Every successful person in, in this room or in the North Auditorium or watching online or watching around the world, every successful person does one thing. Success comes from taking the right risk at the strategic point of time. Hey, nothing's coming to people who don't risk. You know, you can sit around and wait for the publisher's clearinghouse or you can play the lottery, but nothing comes to people who don't make right strategic risk at right moment. So here's the thing. I want you to get a mental picture of your mind of somebody who's about to take a risk, whether it's your kid trying to do something that's bigger than he or she's ever done before, or you're trying to get into grad school, or you're trying to start a business, or if you're starting to tithe. And every time there's a risk, we put that foot out there to take that step. When someone discourages us, they discourage or pull the courage out, and what they cause us to do is to pull that foot back. But when someone encourages us, it like gives us the propulsion to take that step. Now, I'm not talking about encouraging somebody to do something foolhardy or stupid, but I'm just talking about what encouraging means. You know what? I want to encourage. 
courage, Mary Alice. I want to infuse her with courage. I want to encourage the people who work for me or work with me. I want to encourage you. See, when we talk, it should give people courage, not take their courage away from them. Oh, I wish I could talk to parents right now. Be so careful what you say. At a moment of anger, expressing those feelings that are not your real feelings, if you make your kid feel like he's always going to be a loser, she can't do that, you know, she's not attractive, he, you're never going to be able to get into college that way, you're never going to find somebody. I mean, but let's be careful about what we say to our kids so that we don't discourage them. Okay, here's the last one, and I'm, I'll finish this. Proverbs 12, verse 18, some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. From a wise mind comes wise speech, the words of the wise are are persuasive, and here we go, here we go. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Now, we're learning that this is scientifically true, that kindness actually has a physical benefit as well as a psychological benefit. This is a great place for us to end the series right here. Do you know what? It won't cost you anything to be kind. It costs you absolutely nothing. You can be kind, and it doesn't, you don't have to put down your debit card. Anybody can be kind. You say, well, Mark, people do stupid things around me. But you know what? It doesn't cost you anything to be kind. But here's something I want you to think about. Do you realize that if you, let's just say that you say something kind and you regret it later. Have you ever thought about the fact that it's not hard to take back something kind that you've said? I don't know that you would ever want to, but if you did, you said something kind, you think, well, I shouldn't have said that. And so you can always go to that person and you can say, I know what I said the other day, and it was kind, and I don't know why I would say something sweet like that. I must have been having a good day. <laughs> but the more I think about it, I shouldn't have said something kind. It's not hard to do that. It's crazy, but it's not hard to do that. But how many of us, hundreds of times, have said something unkind? And we had to walk it back. I don't know why I said what I said. I must have been having a bad day, which we can't use that anymore because Jesus annihilated that in the first three minutes of the sermon. Do you realize you never have to take back anything kind? And when you say something kind, you've just held up the mirror and said, wow, I've got some of Jesus in me. And the good news is you've opened up the window to let people look in your heart and say, she's got something in her. If they know Jesus, they'll know who it is. If they don't know Jesus, they may want to know who he is. Mm. May God help us all to walk out of here and be plus talkers. God bless. We'll see you next weekend.